0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And uh, this is the time to call where lines are wide open and we'd love to have you be a part of the show. Uh, You can be a part of the show in two ways. You can call us, 303-690-3000, or you can text us. We have a dedicated texting line, both for the show and for the um, 24-hour, 7-day-a-week prayer. Uh, so if you want to send a prayer request, you can do that. If you have a question, you can do that. If you have a prayer request and a question, uh, you can do that. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. And then the texting question, of course, is... or, or Okay, Ed, slow down. The texting number is 720-336-0897. And we're waiting for your calls. We have Kevin in the studio uh, taking your calls today for us and screening them for the sake of the show to help us out. So give us a call 303 690 3000. We're going to be meeting tonight online. Yes, we're still online uh, at calvaryco.church or on our free app. We're still online. We're studying the book of Daniel. Uh, We've got just a couple more studies before we're done with the book of Daniel. Tonight, we're looking at some of the signs of the end times. Uh, And uh, I look through and study. uh, It may end up extending Daniel a little bit to go to different passages in the scripture as it relates to the signs of the end times. So tonight, I'm going to take you through 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, in relation to Daniel 12, and I think I might next time we need to look at Matthew 24 in light of Bible prophecy. So uh, Let's see where it goes. Tonight we'll be in Daniel 12 and 1 Timothy 4 and looking at some of the characteristics of the last days, uh, and I'd love for you to join us online, calvaryco.church. Uh, have communion ready, because we have communion uh, Wednesday night as a church family. We also pray, and uh, one of the brothers today, or yesterday, uh, felt a strong burden and uh, took uh, the, the prayer requests, we do give 10 prayer requests, and he requested them uh, before we even asked for any input. So he, he has a burden to share with us as a church uh, where to direct us in prayer. So join us. Uh, everything starts Mountain Time at 7 p.m., and uh, you can access us through the free app. Uh, just go to your app store and put in the name. Put in my name, Ed Taylor, and my app, the app for the church and the radio station should both pop up. And, or you can go to our website, CalvaryCO, that stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. And that is a valid, email or valid web address, calvaryco.church. Now i don't see any calls up, and the one reason is because I don't have my uh screening uh info up, so let me pull that up for us and all right, well, let's go right over to Loveland, Colorado. Matt, welcome to the program.
3: Hello, hello, Ed. Thank you so much for taking my call
0: um you're welcome
3: I have a very I have a very perplexing question um okay. Uh, I have I've, in the last few years found out that some of the some of the personality traits I've had have been tied to some childhood abuse. I wasn't, I kind of knew had things had gone on, but wasn't sure. Um, consequently, after several years of really great therapy, I found out that one of my big problems I've always had is I don't trust anybody because the people, the one person that was supposed to be instilling trust in me failed me on that. And so, you know, I I was in high school when I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I've been feeling okay. pretty good about it. And frankly, listening to the whole Calvary Live stuff, I'm convinced I'm going to hell now, and I don't okay. know why I'm feeling that way, because I've always thought that I've got a great relationship with Christ. But now I don't think I do, because I can't, I cannot trust, and I I don't know if you can understand that, but when childhood stuff like that happens, it so skews your ability to put any trust in any human being. I have always Mm -hmm. been self-sufficient upon myself. I've always involved God, thanked Him, but yet, what am I missing here? What am I not, what am I overthinking? Because I just, man, I just, I don't get it now. I love I well, st- love everything you guys talk about. And-
0: well, let's do that. Let's talk through some thoughts. Let's, obviously, let's just start with the foundational principle that a, a radio station discussion is not going to solve this in your life, but what we're going to do is we're going to plant some seeds for the Holy Spirit to help germinate in your life. So I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to be offended. You ready? I'm ready If you don't trust anybody why are you calling me
3: I'm hoping that God will do something and I I you know it's, it's that old thing where you know the, the guy who ends up going to heaven and, and he says, Why didn't you save me, Lord? And he said, I did, you know, I sent a boat, a helicopter, and a plane and you didn't take any sure. of it. So I looked at okay. your station all the time and I thought Good. I need to call. Maybe God okay, say, so, call I don't know.
0: Okay, work with me here. So if if you don't trust anyone and you're calling me, do you trust me?
3: Yeah, I, I, guess, okay. I guess I do, to a point. Yeah, yeah I think Thank you me. do.
0: I, I wanted to take you a long way to that question because I want you to realize that you're not as bad off as you feel. So you have some really deep-seated emotions. Uh, you're playing some real deep-seated mind games with yourself. You're dealing with some real deep hurt and pain that uh, will probably be with you until you meet Jesus, Uh, And and you're coming to conclusions that put you at the worst, you know, put put you at the worst possible place. And so I, I wanted to start out with the reality of you're not as bad off as you feel, because our feelings are very real, and they overwhelm us, and they distort our vision, and they confuse us. And there's not one thing in the world that. You know, I I wouldn't ever try to talk somebody out of their feelings because feelings are real. The problem is, is that feelings don't always always tell us the truth. And your life is characterized by a lot of trust. Uh, when you, yeah, I know you're self-sufficient, but you've done nothing by yourself. You're interconnected with so many people. Um, you know, if you have a business, you're interconnected with your suppliers and your you're, you know, even if you're a consultant, you know, you've got to trust the Comcast guy to make sure the Internet's on and and on and on and on. So I want to build that baseline because when it comes now to a deeper place of trust, like you're really feeling like the relational trust, uh, extending, uh, you know, putting yourself out there with the possibility of being hurt, being betrayed, being abused, being misused, all of the fear you know all of the issues that we fear with other people. Um, you've chosen not to place your trust in anyone as a self-protection. You're you're taking things into your own hands. So let, let you 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 mentioned in your statement that uh, in, in in describing your situation that most of this is related to some things that have been revealed uh, as uh, as a child, and then you you mentioned you're not sure if I could relate. Um, and in in, in in that, I can say that I, too, have had difficulties trusting certain people that exhibit certain behaviors uh, because of some real deep-seated uh, hurt and pain that came as an adult um, that has come. Ministry, serving in ministry, is brutal. It is one of the most brutal things uh, that a person can do, um, and it can be the most rewarding thing as a pastor leader, uh, but it can also be brutal. People are vicious, uh, especially when they become very self-centered. They, we, you know, why would I say they? We are sheep, right? So we can be brutal, uh, and the flesh can be wicked, and, and so life can be hard. And in, in relationship to your desire to trust, you are going to have to make a decision it really is a decision and that is are you going to trust God with your life in relationship to others uh, because if you can make that first decision where you acknowledge that God is working all things together for the good for those that love you for those that are called according to your purpose uh, called according to his purpose I should say uh, that when you realize that you're in the potter's hand, you are in the master's hand where he loves you, and even the pain and sorrow that come into your life um, is going to be used for his glory, you're going to learn how to trust other people. Um, you know, you may need to learn how to set up boundaries, you may need to learn how to interact because you have for so long withheld trust, but relationships. They work the same way for all of us. It takes time and testing, and when you trust somebody and they betray you, when you trust somebody and they uh, bail on you, when you trust somebody and they hurt you, uh, when you trust somebody and you and and the worst negative thing comes out, uh, it's not, it's not, Matt, it's not your fault.
3: Yeah. No, and I, and. I appreciate I appreciate hearing all that, and it is good. I mean, I, I guess when it comes down to it, I mean, I I really feel like I'm going to be okay, um, but I guess I'm I'm still just afraid that I'm still not getting it. How do I know if I'm fully trusting? And you know, I I, I listen to you, and I I say to myself. In a comparative way, wow! I wish I could have that absolute, you know, unbridled trust. And I think I do because I, I, I feel like I do.
0: But well, I, well let me let you in on a let me let you in on a big secret. You ready? Seven, I, I do not have a full unbridled trust. As a matter of fact, when uh, my son died seven years ago and all the circumstances surrounding that, it, it it wrecked me. And what you see in a man is not full unbridled trust. What you see in a man is a man that was, was and is continually being reduced to nothing so that God's strength can overcome his weaknesses. And so depending on when you ask me, Uh, depending on when you interact with me. Uh, I have to say, I I probably... So it's a good thing because you hear on the radio, right? You hear Bible studies. You relate to me as I get to exercise this gift of teaching the Bible. And I guess I have to say that one of the greatest places of faith for me is when I open that Bible and teach it. Um, Man, I I think it brings great strength. I can't really, you know, other than a few, um, you know, Uh, Other than regular, normal questioning, when I'm in the Bible and I'm teaching it and I'm studying it, God speaks and and it encourages me. And when I'm in the pulpit, man, I believe what I'm teaching. I believe it for you. I believe it for me. But my life's not lived in the pulpit. You know, It's only a small part of my life. The rest of my life is lived in the valleys, um, hanging out with people like you and looking to the shepherd uh, for my daily strength. And looking to die to myself and live to Christ. And and learning how not to be succumbed by my feelings, but to learn, like the Bible says, to walk by faith. And to take my hurts and pains to Him. And to refuse to be bitter and refuse to waste my life. I think that's probably a... I, I don't want what's happened to me to define me. Because what's happened to me doesn't define me. Uh, the the actions said, the thoughts, the, it, whatever it is that I'm facing, that isn't de- what defines me. What defines me is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And, and so what, you, what, you're in, what can encourage you with a guy like me is that I'm a guy like you and with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stand and live and have a life that's meaningful despite the pain, despite the, the, the wickedness Despite uh and despite it all, we can we can walk with confidence and take other people with us.
3: I and I appreciate that because that is I don't know if you remember I had a conversation, a call in just like this, and it was several years ago, probably six years ago. And I had asked why is it that God does not or work a miracle with mental illness. Um, you see all these, yeah. all these other things happen where cancers disappear, but I don't ever see that. And he <laughs> answered a prayer for me um, 25 years of being misdiagnosed as being bipolar. And I don't have that diagnosis. I've been suffering from PTSD from a really messed up childhood. Yeah, uh, that was so freeing to me. Unbelievable. Yes. I know that sounds weird. It's like, yeah,
0: it doesn't glad sound weird. I
3: know what's causing the problems now. It's not just this mystery thing in my head, right? Um, yes. So I've been so thankful to God for that. That's such a yes. enlightenment, and He's put such wonderful people in my place, uh, in my path. And so, thank you because I, I this this helped a lot. I just I I, I love I, I just love listening to. You. Your station, and in fact, earlier today, I was—I slowed down, I actually stopped, and I started praying because um I don't remember who it was, but he said, "You know what?" He says a lot of times when when people are just about ready to bend their knee and and give up and just give it all to God, they're going through some of the most difficult parts of their entire life. Yes, and I, I feel like I'm there. Oh, yeah and I just, I don't know, have I already bent down on the knee, and I'm trying to put the other knee down, too, or am I trying to lay down on my side? I don't know if I feel that. Uh, I'm looking, I guess, for that when I accepted Christ when I was in high school. That's what I'm looking for again, that slap upside the head going, I love you, man, and you're my kid, and, and you're gonna follow me. Well, and I, I just I felt so connected, and I just lost that. I don't know where. Well, it's let me. At.
0: You know, the, you've you've got to reorient to your perspective because uh, let me ask you this: um, You drive a car. You own a car. Yeah. Yeah. You drive a car. I do. Do you feel I'm like the insurance company? Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Do you feel? Do you feel? I'm gonna word this very carefully. Do you feel like the insurance company's got your back? Yes. What's your point? Who's the insurance company exactly? Who is All that? Safe. Yeah, give me All a name. Safe. What's his name? Who's got your back?
3: Vicky Vicky Pittman, my agent.
0: Okay, so yeah. Vicky Pittman Pitt or Vicky Pittman, Pittman can write problem, you a yeah. check for a million dollars. She what? Can she write you a check for a million dollars? Right. So what makes you? What gives you the good feeling? She's got your back. She she has to work a bureaucracy for you. What if the bureaucracy swallows her up? I, what, makes, what makes you feel, and I'm using that word very carefully, that the uh, all-state agent that you have a the friendship with has your back? What makes you feel that?
3: Um, I guess only because there's a financial obligation because they paid them money.
0: Yeah. It, That's it. it. I'm going to suggest to you you feel that because you choose to feel that. Oh, I got gotcha. In the positive, you choose. You don't know what they do. You know, you, you have, we don't, I don't know. I'm not saying you. The insurance, I don't know. But I, I have a general confidence that my insurance company it uh, has got my back too. I mean, I pay them and they take care. I, I, I've made claims before and they've taken care of them. I mean, I have a general feeling. Um, but the point I want to help you reorient your thinking is is the the, the perspective that you have changes everything. And if we have faith in an insurance company, then we also have faith in a God that's bigger than some business. Like He is faithful and He is true and He is present regardless of what we feel. Our life is made, we were just looking at this as a staff today, talking about character uh, as leaders and in our character, the author said that our character is actually made up by decisions and our decisions make or break our character. And I would take that same principle and say that our decisions make or break our faith relationship with God because you can both trust God and not feel like something at the same time. And, And you're gonna have to learn how, and you are learning how to lay aside your feelings so that you can hang on to the truth of God's word. And I mean we could take that an insurance analogy all the way to a contract, what they put in writing, what you have to enforce. Even if your agent let you down, you still have a contract. And you know, when even when you feel like you've been let down, you still have a contract with God. He's initiated it. He wrote it. It has your best benefit. And as you process your feelings, you know, learn as you're learning, learn to lay it down. Let me give you one more thought and then we got to go um, I, I'm working with another brother uh, on the topic of depression and and we were we're going through a book a little pamphlet actually and one of the things the author says, the author gives an example and I forget that the exact details, but somebody comes to her and she says oh i'm I'm so bad, it's so horrible um, I, I don't know what to do, it's so hard." It's so difficult, I can't even get out of bed in the morning. And you'd be surprised by the answer from the counselor. The counselor said, yeah, because you choose to. You choose to stay in bed all day. You don't get out of bed because you choose not to get out of bed. And you'd be surprised about the orientation of our choices. Our choices can set us, if you want to stay in bed all day, go ahead. That's your choice. But if you want to get up and live a life of faith, you can do that too. And it was such a, it sounds kind of a strong phrase, strong wording, but here's the deal. It's freeing because no matter how you feel, you can still orient your life toward God and he'll meet you there. And that is so amazing. Yeah, he'll meet you there if you want to waste the day in in bed, but he'll also meet you there if you want to get up and face your fears, face your difficulties and live out your day moment by moment.
3: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Absolutely right about it's that. It's really cool.
0: Thank you. Um, hey, one more thing. Uh, we, have a, we have a series of classes we just started here at the church. They're four weeks. Simple. Uh, we're going to use Zoom technology online. And one of them is one of our elders, Randy, talking about this um, dealing with PTSD-type things using the Word of God. And it may be something you'd be interested in
3: totally absolutely
0: email me i'll send you the link to sign up or at least you could see the classes i will great thank okay ma'am
3: thank you thank you
0: awesome god thank bless you. you father i do pray for my brother matt and uh, just everyone listening in uh, this is a common this is very common especially now with the covid quarantine and and uh, the the way that it's the mental health issues of the church are are neglected or denied or not validated uh, I pray God men and women like Matt that were born with broken brains really isn't it true God we were all born with broken brains that we would trust you and receive the healing I know you heal broken bodies but you also heal broken minds you bring people back to their right mind You restore to them years that the locust has eaten. And I know you can do that in Matt's life and many people that can relate in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move on. Uh, Esther in Colorado Springs has been waiting patiently. Esther, welcome to the program.
1: Oh, God bless you. I'm so glad I got in today. You and I have something sort of in common. Um, This is a prayer request, and then I have a question to ask, and I ran both of them by your call person. Um, Uh The prayer request is that I lost my husband in mid-April. We'd been Mm -hmm. married for 18 years. But a lot of the time, even though I've been a believer since 1971, I just had kind of a selfish orientation, and God began to deal with me in January, and he said, you know, all that your husband wants from you is unconditional love. Hmm. And I just went, wow, I was blown away. Hmm. And so I began to pray, because he was in very poor health. And I said, Lord, please extend my time with him, because the doctors had said In earlier January, he only had about six months to live. Hmm. And so I began to pray, and I said, Lord, please, however much time, whether it's less than six months or whatever, just extend it a little bit because I want him to really know the way that I love him and the love that you can put in my heart for him. And it was a really broken-hearted request because he had lived a very broken life before he became a Christian. In fact, he was about ready to, at one point, to commit suicide. My prayer request is that I feel like God put it on my heart about loving him the right way. Um, I didn't have a lot of chance to see him because of the COVID thing when he was in the hospital. He didn't always take my calls, so I had really very little time to spend to even let him know that I loved him, let alone show him anything. So um, he passed away the middle of April, and I really felt like in my heart it was only three months from the time that God dealt with me about this love business. I really felt in my heart that um, why would God show me this and then not give me the opportunity to show it to my husband? And it's been so hard on me ever since he passed away, that one question, my faith is just absolutely wrecked. I've gone through a lot of hard stuff before, But I've always had a faith that God was in control, God was in charge, and I tried to tell myself, "Well, maybe Satan took him out early." But I didn't ask the devil for anything; I asked God. So I'm really going through this struggle that I was raised by my parents to just have a deep bedrock faith, and it's tearing me to pieces. I. I don't have it right now. I can't pray. When I do pray, the heavens are brass. I don't hear anything. And in conjunction with that, I have one question.
0: Okay, Um, so we're coming up on... uh, Hold on a second. We're coming up on a break. So what I'm going to do, instead of rushing through this, I'm going to put you on hold for a couple minutes, and then we'll come back right after the quick break, and I'll, I'll answer your question, and I'll also pray with you. Okay? Thank you. Okay, don't hang up. This is Calvary Live. Uh, My name is Ed Taylor, and I'll be right back after just a quick breather break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church, taking your questions and your calls and talking about life and what God is revealing to us Uh, and just talking through things and having a discussion. Uh, We invite you into that discussion uh, or you can start your own. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. So I'm going to go over back. Uh, we had, if you're just joining us on the second half of today's program, uh, we had Esther calling from Colorado Springs, and she shared quite a few things that I want to address in a moment. But Esther, go ahead and share, if you had a Bible question, I can I can answer that one probably quicker than the first one.
1: Yes, sir. Um. I have some friends that hold to the doctrine of soul sleep, and um, a lot of the verses they quote are from the Old Testament, but some, to me, from the New Testament seem to leave a question of, of relevance. And I was wondering what your opinion of this doctrine is, and, you know, biblically, what's the perspective?
0: Biblically, the perspective on soul sleep is that it doesn't exist. It is a doctrine of man. Uh, the best place that really reflects the split-second change in a person after death is from the lips of the Holy Spirit-inspiring Paul the Apostle when he teaches us to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And is there a particular New Testament verse that troubles you the most?
1: Um, yeah, the one where it's it's talking in in the First Thessalonians about um, it says the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them. And to me, what it's if they're in heaven, they're not dead in Christ.
0: Yeah, the the idea behind that. There's a couple of different views on that particular passage, but the the emphasis on that passage is the reuniting of those that died before us. And some say that the tense of the word "rise" there is actually that they've already risen. Like they've that sense of rising again is it's already happened. They're gonna. Ha- it's those that have died before us. It happens first, uh, and then those that are alive at the rapture are reunited with them. Um, but that in no way whatsoever gives a an indication that they were in some animated suspension of consciousness, a weight, like weight, kind of n- not quite in the pre- like in between, like the Roman Catholic Church invented the man-made doctrine of purgatory. Um, this is another man-made doctrine that puts a person not in the presence of the Lord um another view on that thessalonians passage is is that's a reuniting of the physical body that's being ri- that's being risen up to be connected with the soul you know there's some troubling passages uh troubling view t- troubling issues with some of the views on that passage but when we set aside the troubling part of the passages and we see that there's a reuniting of all bo- believers both alive and dead at the time of the rapture um to be in the presence of the lord forever um, that the emphasis is on the reuniting in Christ. And there's a group that isn't in the presence of Christ, and there's a group that is. And then they'll both be one one large group.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. That absent from the body, present with the Lord, I had forgotten about that scripture, but that answers a whole lot too.
0: It does, you know, and remember even in Revelation uh in revelation you have a group of people there are souls literally around the throne room of god uh they're not sleeping in the back of the temple somewhere they're right there in the presence of god uh and you know the, as you begin to weigh doctrines like this have a tendency to be built on a couple of verses uh and the problem with that is that those couple of verses don't um they don't relate with the entirety or the totality of scripture, you know in this case, in Revelation chapter twenty, in verse four, John says, "Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the Word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands, they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, uh, and this is all around the throne room of God in his presence."
1: that's amazing
0: so back to the question that you brought up before the break uh you know i know that the grief in your life has really wrecked your head and your thinking and that doesn't make you a bad person it makes you a normal person and you're processing a lot of thoughts right now and you're processing a lot of sorrow and grief and uh regret and you name it, who knows what you're waking up to, who knows what you what you woke up to this morning and then what you're going to wake up to tomorrow in the physical realm, uh, even though we all woke up to the faithfulness of God in the spiritual realm. And, you know, sometimes God, you ask the question, that kind of stuck with me of everything that you shared, it stuck with me. Why, why would God reveal something to me that I couldn't experience, uh, that I couldn't? that wasn't your exact words but like i couldn't show why would god reveal something to me and then i wouldn't be even be able to show him and many times god reveals things to us for us it's for our transformation um even though you weren't able to spend a lot of time with your your husband while he was hospitalized you you know that there was great love connecting you guys you know that there was great hope connecting you guys. You know that the presence of God was with him in that room. And this whole COVID thing is just a really hard, challenging situation. But I'm grateful that that your husband wasn't alone. And neither were you. It was just a significantly challenging way to have to say goodbye.
1: Exactly.
0: And, and you, on top of the fact that you lost your husband, on top of the fact that that of other things, you know, the hopes and dreams um, that, that were still resident in you and in your marriage. But God's revelation was for you. And, and I'm sorry that you weren't able to express it to him. Um, that would have helped uh, even more. It would have been even more enjoyable for sure. It would have been even more encouraging for sure. But God was wanting you to see his great love for you. He was wanting you to see his unconditional love for you. He was wanting to use this situation that you're facing with your husband to show you that even with all your faults and failures, that he loves you and that he's promised never to leave or forsake you. And I'm sure there's other things he wants to reveal to you, but listening to you and just hearing you describe the difficult situation, I think that that is the message that God wanted you to internalize, that even if you weren't able to give it to your husband, the way that you wanted to, to express that to your husband as you wanted to. Um, God says, I still love you, and I want you to receive the love that I'm expressing towards you. And I want you to be open. And, you know, this idea of, of heaven being empty and, uh, or, you know, brass and your prayers aren't being heard and you're not getting anything. During times like this, just keep praying and keep reading. Don't worry about so much what you're getting out of it. Don't worry about so much how you know how bad you might be or I'm such a bad believer and I wasn't raised this way. All the things you do to to beat yourself up, but instead continue to obey even when it's dark. Right? It's easier to do things when it's light. You can see, uh you can you, you you have perspective, it's, but when it's dark, you're like, oh man, I don't even know where the next step is, I don't know. Well, I know it's more challenging to obey in the dark, but it's more needful to obey in the dark, otherwise the dark will swallow you up. So just keep praying, keep talking to God, keep being real. Start journaling, get your emotions out of your head and get them onto paper, then pray over that and say, God, I hate my emotions today, I don't like them, I, I submit them to you. And, you know, begin those steps of obedience, even when you don't feel like it, even when you feel like it's not doing anything, remain obedient so that you present yourself to God. The Bible says, if we humble ourselves before God, he will lift us up. And that's a promise. And you want to look to just rehearsing the promises of God during a very difficult time, because even though you don't feel it right now, it does get better. You will get through this
1: awesome oh the other thing is my financial state since he passed away is limited um, because of various things but it has to do with his social security pension Mm -hmm. and um, so that will be the only income I'm receiving so I need some wisdom about whether to move, where to move because there's a couple of doors open to me, and I just need—at I, I, a time when I think I can't hear, I need guidance.
0: Well, let's pray for that right now. Father, I pray for my sister as she's faced with very uh, a lot of new challenges, a lot of new difficulties, a lot of new um, feelings, emotions, challenges— I pray, God, that you would encourage her and strengthen her. Uh, I think back, even as she was talking, when my dad passed away and my mom was in just such a difficult state, and how you sustained her. It was quite miraculous how you took care of her and how month by month she was able to make it work. And so I pray for our sister that month by month she'll be able to make it work financially, physically, spiritually, that you would supply all of her needs according to your hurt riches in Christ Jesus, that you would give her wisdom on where to live and, and exactly what decisions to make and when to make them. And I pray for, for the hurt and pain she carries. God, would you comfort and encourage my sister? In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Stay in touch with us. Love to hear the updates. 303-690-3000 is the number. I do want to let you guys know that here at Calvary, we started what we're calling Q classes. Q stands for quarantine. They're only a four-week commitment. We're going to do them all via technology. And information's available. Let me see if they've got it posted. I know that we have planned to get it up on the website. Uh, let me go and see if we got it up on our homepage yet. And we do. So just go to our homepage. It's the second screen, Q classes, four-week specialized Zoom gatherings. We have 30 of them, I think, or 29, something like that, uh, ranging from all sorts of walks of life. Uh, and all that's needed is a computer and Zoom. And some of you have to buy a book. You know, you'll know, you have to get the resources. Some you don't know any resources at all. And we'd love to have you participate. We'd love to serve you during this time. So just go to our website, CalvaryCo.church, right there on the homepage. The second, you know how the 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 scroll it scrolls, the very second thing uh, you can register uh, or click on our Friday Connect note. Uh, I think there might be a link there too. You can also on our there are links on our um, social media in the bios of our social media. You can click through there. We've really tried to. Make these things as available as possible. And the Q classes are very exciting. Uh, some neat things, some fun things, some serious things. Uh, and uh, we invite you. You're more than welcome to join us no matter where you are in the country or even around the world. Just, But you got to register, and they're private, and uh, we, you, you need to register and get that information. 303-690-3000. Uh, let's see who next. Teresa is wait, been waiting patiently in Maryland. Teresa, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Pastor Ed, for taking my call.
0: You're welcome? Um,
2: I'd like to comment. well, <clears throat> you you mentioned today on the radio that you got an email from a, a member of your church about the quarantine and how it's still extended for the church. I don't, I don't, I don't want to quote your words because I don't remember them exact, exactly. But That's okay. I just Go like ahead. to add to that to what you said.
0: Okay. Um,
2: I just the world is watching, especially right now. These are crucial days, and they're watching the church. And I just the Bible reads like for the church to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves and i just feel like we need to be patient as a church and wait on the lord cuz god's working behind the scenes and he knows everything that's going on and he always he promises that he turns good for those that love him mm-hmm. and i believe like what you said um right at this time where we're home and we had to you know we're we can be praying um for for god to you know what does god want us to know at this time and praying for, you know, doing everything that we usually do when we go to church, we can be doing it at home with our friends and loved ones, like you said. And um, also I just read on the news today on um, Fox News that in Texas, a church got infected with the coronavirus and the pastor is sick and the congregants are sick And I just think, like, right now, like, in a couple months, like, if we see other large groups gathering and we're still not gathering, we still don't have – we're not – the CDC didn't say we can gather yet. I I feel like if we just come together and just get the facts of why these other large groups are gathering, like, and the pen is mightier than the sword, um, just to have patience.
0: I agree. I think patience is really important and looking to obey God and whether that means we hold back or we press in um he's wanting us to obey him. And and I believe both those pastors that choose to meet and also those pastors that choose to not meet can both be in a place for their local congregation. In a place of obedience, and i I really like I really like not only what you said, but the tone of what you said, because not only do we need patience but we need love and joy and peace, uh, long suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, those characteristics of the Holy Spirit during this time that would re- be reflective of the church, right Jesus said that they will know we're his disciples by our love for one another. And it is an interesting time i I get quite a quite a few emails, most of them are very positive um but like I got this week, you know there's people sending me YouTube videos and copies of the Constitution, and they're really caught up in in this, and I think we need to be careful um not getting caught up in any other cause than the cause of christ and even even things that aren't necessarily sinful can become more important than true real worship of Jesus Christ so that we're pounding the table and we're all upset about this and and it's interrupting you know you can't be both yelling and upset and writing some nasty email and worshiping Jesus at the same time you can't do both and it's a very interesting time that we're in and even those of us that have to respond we have to be careful and the best way to do that is to be abiding in Christ and letting his spirit live in us.
2: Yes. It's it's just like you said, there it's spiritual. You 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 gotta watch the spirits because yes. like you said, the angry spirit, that's a spirit, and then disobedience, that's another spirit, and we just gotta obey the Holy Spirit and and do like you just said, the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, kindness, patience, yes. long suffering. And mm-hmm. God knows. God knows he's he knows everything. He's behind the scenes, and he's going to turn this all to good. And I agree. He's in yes. Thank you so much for
0: thank you so much for calling and waiting.
2: Yes, thank you. Thanks for all taking righty, my bye-bye. call.
0: 303-690-3000. Juan is calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Juan, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you. Pleasure You're to welcome. say hi to you. Thank you. <clears throat> um... On my um, congregation, one of my brothers uh, is very ill. Is uh, I hear that he's about to die, and I no. want I want you to pray for me, please, uh, for for him. His name is okay. Jesus Reynoso.
0: Okay, let's do that, Father. We lift up Jesus to you today, uh, who is in very very deep physical um, danger. You don't, You already know that, God, but we want to join you we want to join together with you on behalf of our brother that you would bring healing into his body that you would comfort the his family who loves him and wants to see him come through this and what a testimony that would give god if you would bring him through this and give him um, a testimony of your faithfulness and your goodness So we pray for that. We pray like your word says. We pray, God, that you uh, would accomplish your will on earth as it is in heaven. And we yield ourselves to trust you with the outcome as we live our lives and surrender to you. In Jesus' name,
4: amen. Thank you. And I wonder um, when you will be able to come over to Baltimore. That way you can visit that church
0: I would love to come to Baltimore. I have a friend that's pastoring in Baltimore City uh and we were planning to come to New Jersey uh, this year for a radio conference or a radio rally, but they canceled it so um if I do have anything scheduled in the future in Baltimore, I'll make sure to put the word out.
4: okay, uh that sounds good. I
0: and would love to see your, what God's doing for here.
4: Your, um, prayer.
0: Thank you, Juan. Stay in touch with us, please. Would you?
4: Sure, I, okay, I've been you. listening to you constantly. Huh. When wow. I am um, on my way to work, yes, uh, my, the radio is always on. On uh, hope.
0: Yeah, so grateful for Christian radio and uh, my friend, my friend Pastor Bill uh, and his congregation in Marlton uh, is the church that oversees Hope FM. And he, uh, he's very, he, you know, you, you think of this guy Bill in the city of Marlton um, with a church of a couple hundred people, um, but he's going to be like way up front in the line of uh, however the rewards are going to be given out because his expertise in radio has literally helped to put hundreds of Christian radio stations on the air because the guy's a radio genius. and Great. So we can thank God for Bill.
4: Yeah, thank God for him. Okay. Um, okay, brother. Is Marlton, Virginia, or?
0: I think Marlton, New Jersey.
4: New Jersey, okay. Um, I will keep in touch and hopefully uh, be able to come over um, in the near future.
0: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's see if we can get over to Baltimore. Dawn is calling in Baltimore. Dawn, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Good evening. You're welcome. Um, Good evening. I, um Thank you. I wanted to ask, um, I'm the oldest in my siblings, five of us, and um, my, my baby sister is getting married, and she's getting married in a courthouse. And I don't know if it's okay to go to the courthouse and, and be there with her for her, her um, marriage or not? I thought yes. that issue. It,
0: it is okay. Yes, go and okay. support your sister. Encourage her. Marriage is honorable before God. He invented it. He invented it before the even before governments were invented, and mm-hmm. it. And unless your sister is involved, is she a believer?
1: Um,
2: lifestyle doesn't doesn't. Uh, Okay. Evidence (laughs) is not there, but she knows better, and you know I've I've shared with her. She says she is, but her lifestyle um, doesn't portray that.
0: Well, I would say this: if there's ever a time in your sister's life that she needs her big sister's love and support, especially her big sister that is a daughter of the King, it's now, and. I I think of marriage, you know, outside of what it's become uh in terms of how governments redefine it and they all kinds of weirdness, God created marriage before it was reinvented, before it was man has messed with it. But there's a lot of things God created and I was thinking Marie and I um when we got married, we were just kids, we were both unbelievers. We got married in a in a um in a golf course uh in a golf course kind of setting. And we hired a guy. We didn't even have, you know, we weren't in church or anything. So the, the little place that we rented to have the wedding, they hired the pastor for us. And, and you're like, well, is that a valid marriage? And I would say, I hope so. <laughs> and it is. Of course it is. Um, we committed in the eyes of God and the eyes of all of our witnesses to one another. And, and, but it wasn't the best, you know, it wasn't the best situation. It wasn't the best... Um, set up. It was two young people that had no real connection to God. And yet God had a plan and there's a plan for your sister and it involves you.
2: Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I I feel relieved because she's begging me to come and I'm not giving her an answer. (laughs) Let me call you and ask you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and you know, when you you do, when, when you, do, when you are developing a relationship with her, just continue to remind her of God's love for her, God's care for her. Uh, you know, at the right appropriate time, the danger of being separated from God from all eternity. Like, you continue to be that loving sister that tells her sister the truth. Um, and praise God she's inviting you into her life. So run as fast as you can through that door that she's opened for you, because not everybody gets that privilege. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I appreciate
0: so, Take a picture of it and send it to me. I'd love to see that wedding. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Just snap it on your phone and email it to me. You can send it to, to me at ed at ed, edtaylor.org, and I'd love to see it, and um, maybe I'll even respond and give some kind of answer to your sister about marriage and... The love of God, or something for. Her. Thank
2: you. I shall. Thank you so much. All right.
0: I look forward to it. Thanks for calling. Yes. Thank you for being there. Bye bye. <laughs> Lord, Lord, we just thank you for this uh, program today and uh, just the challenges that there's a heaviness, God, in people's hearts and minds right now. And uh, we cast that care upon you and the heaviness and the challenges. We admit to you our own humanity and weaknesses. I think God, as the show started out, I just think of Paul begging you to take away that thorn in the flesh. But instead you said, nope, I'm going to show you something better, Paul. I'm going to give you a greater revelation of me. And I'm going to show you what strength really is. Because my strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness. So I just pray for those listening in right now. They're in a place of weakness. That they would, they would yield themselves to a fresh work of Your Holy Spirit, and they would, and we would trust God what it is that You want to accomplish in our lives, in Jesus' name, Amen. So, thanks for joining us. We will be back tonight. Uh, Seven o'clock online, calvaryco.church. We also broadcast live on Grace FM. We'd love to have you join us studying the end times in Daniel. See you then online. God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer. God's Word.